Hi, this is Mark Sullivan, and I'm the president of Formula 4 Media, and it's my pleasure to welcome you to this week's podcast in Sports Insights Extra. I'd also encourage all of you to reach out and talk to us about the running event, which will take place in Austin this year from November 28th through December 1st. Thank you very much. Welcome inside the lab at Formula 4 Media. I am Bob McGee, and today I have the pleasure to speak with Dave McGilvery, the distinguished athlete, businessman, and race director in the running community. His vast resume includes nine-time competitor in the Ironman Triathlon World Championship, the completion of 145 marathons, 29 years as race director for the Boston Marathon, and owner-president of Dave McGilvery Sports Enterprises. DMSC has produced or consulted on nearly 1,000 mass participatory athletic events nationally and internationally. In his motivational biography, The Last Pick with Linda Glass Fector, McGilvery writes to inspire readers to never underestimate his or her ability to set goals and to achieve what is thought to be impossible. Over the last three decades, he has delivered inspirational messages to all sorts of groups, from annual sales meetings and universities to nonprofits. One of Dave's most recent endeavors occurred inside Fenway Park in Boston in mid-September, the inaugural Fenway Marathon. Uh, good morning, Dave, and let's get started on our conversation. Since it's the day after, maybe you could address you know, the first uh, U.S. woman winning uh, the New York Marathon yesterday, and I guess I think it was 40 years. Yeah, Bob, well, first of all, it's great to be on your show. I appreciate it very much. And, uh, yes, Shalane Flanagan has been knocking on the door. <laughs> For a long time, for a, uh, a victory in a major marathon, and yesterday she uh, she I, I I thought it was the right place, the right time. It was uh, it was pretty inspirational to uh, to witness it. I was actually running in the race myself, and I had no idea what was going on up front with the with the women or the men. And as I was actually passing over about the halfway point, somebody on a PA system announced that she had she had won the race, and just the crowd went crazy. Just uh, cheering and, and uh, just really emotional about the fact that here's Shalane, uh, the first female winner in, in 40 years. So everyone, that's the buzz in the running industry right now, for sure. I think Shalane's victory will actually uh, spark participation of women in running? Well, I think uh, it's already sparked, but uh, I suppose it'll, it'll jack it up even more. What's interesting about the, uh, the female participation in our industry, you know, 30 years ago, there was hardly any, if any, and um, now in especially most of my races, there are more women running in my races than than there are men. It was years ago; it was maybe eighty percent men and twenty percent women, and then it got to be like seventy thirty, and then you know sixty forty, and then almost even. And now it's almost like fifty five, sixty percent women. What's interesting too, because there used to be a lot of all women's races, because women were somewhat apprehensive about running in a men and women's race and now those races are becoming <laughs> more women than men and so all the all women's races are starting to fade away who knows maybe someday you'll see all men's races i doubt it but uh, but it's pretty fascinating the growth in this industry is definitely in the female population and now let's now talk about um, marathon participation sponsor interest and activation today you know what are what are some of the examples of how non-traditional sports related vendors are capitalizing on these marquee partnerships well you know i I'm more in the management side of the industry versus the marketing, but I certainly can see what's in front of me. And years and years ago, when I started in this business almost 40 years ago, it was a very sponsor-driven industry because the participation wasn't all that great. I mean, we'd have 
couple of people, maybe a thousand people in a, in a race. And so, but spot, it was a, it was a new thing, you know, mass participatory events, triathlons, uh, things of that nature. So sponsors were intrigued by it. And so they were coming out in droves to sponsor these things. And then there was a lull there where, you know, participation started to grow, but so did the proliferation of so many events. So a lot of races that once enjoyed a lot of sponsorship started losing some of it because there were so many choices out there. But the participation now is off the charts. The walls of intimidation have crumbled and people are believing in themselves. And as a result, you're getting races now that, you know, are 5,000, 10,000, 20, 30, 40, 50. New York yesterday was 55, almost 60,000 registrants. So it's definitely participatory driven, but now sponsors are seeing those kind of numbers, especially non-endemic sponsors, companies from outside the industry and saying, hey, we want to be part of that. The demographics are lining up with theirs and uh, just the quantity and the volume of participation is just enormous. So as a result, you're getting to see a, a lot, a lot of companies now jumping back into the industry. What do you see as the future of event marketing and, and the role sponsors play in the success of these events? Well, I think what sponsors do is bring the event to another level. I mean, that's, you know, you could probably survive off of these entry fees, I suppose, but you can't do the things you, you, you can do when you have sponsors right there as partners, either providing uh, the cash that is needed to elevate your event to a whole different level and to give a lot back to enhance the event for the participants, as well as, you know, the in-kind sponsors, the functional sponsors, as I call them, the companies that provide the products for the race, whether it's a spring water company or an automotive company to provide the lead vehicles or the technology companies to provide, you know, the timing and the scoring. And so, so it's definitely a partnership and, you know, certainly can't do it alone. And it's a big part of the overall success of an event, having a, a lot of different sponsors who can bring a lot of different things to the table. What are you working on today? And can you talk about your relationship with Highlands and what's going on there? You know, my relationship with Highlands is that uh, obviously they're a, a sponsor that provides a product that's really important to, to all the runners, in particular, you know, Lake Cramp you know, cream and, and, and other sorts of products that just, you know, that, that athletes need in order to recover or in order to prevent certain things that would um, curtail their training or their running and races. So, so companies like Highland are very, very important to, to the events and to the participants in the events. So, you're seeing a lot more of what I call endemic sponsors getting involved. Years and years ago, it was just the athletic footwear companies. And, and now there's so many different companies that are surfacing that are providing products and uh, nutritional products, just, just uh, web technology products, just to make the training and the, the recovery and just the participation and at events just a lot more palatable and doable and, and allow more and more people to participate. Today are surprising you with their rise within the endurance sports and running markets. So I think, again, some of the companies that are getting involved right now certainly are the, the technology-based companies. I mean, because it's interesting. I, I found that over the last, say, 10 years, what separates one race from another is probably technology, is who has the most toys. It all started with you know timing and scoring and then their computer chip, and then the chip allows you to collect data and then you can take that data and do so much with it in terms of tracking and alert programs just just taking the data and sending it all over the world and whereas there was once the only opportunity to sort of sort of a witness an event or follow a race is to be there in person and 
now you can be anywhere in the world and just with your smartphone or mobile device, you can follow someone's progress in a race from start to finish. And technology has, has certainly allowed that. And then you have just so many different other industries that are involved from, you know, the banking and financial industry, the healthcare industry, you know, companies that, again, provide that functional role in races, the, the media, nutritional companies. So there's not a shortage of interest in, in uh, how companies and which companies might want to get involved in in the endurance sports industry. Talk a little bit about Boston, your hometown here, and uh, maybe first you could tell our listeners about the Fenway Marathon, you know, what was involved. I know I think it took place September 15th. What was involved, and will it be replicated in other pro-team venues? Well, it's interesting. I mean, a number of years, back in 1978, I ran across the United States from Method, Oregon to my hometown of Method, Mass, and then I sort of ceremonially finished inside Fenway Park in front of 32,000 people on August 29, 1978, and did it for the benefit of the Jimmy Fund. And then I ran it again a few years later when I ran up the East Coast of America, and then I ran across the country again as part of a relay and finished in Fenway Park. And, and then I did a birthday run of mine and finished in Fenway Park. So there was a patent forming here. And I said, wouldn't that be cool someday if I could actually direct a race inside every the entire race held within the confines of Fenway Park on the warning track. And so I approached the Red Sox a number of years ago. And, you know, it wasn't the right time, but this year it was. And they said, OK. And I went in there and got... 50 people to sign up for it. We raised $330,000 for the Red Sox Foundation and ran 116 laps around the wanting track. And it's I've run 147 marathons and that has to rank up there with one of the most memorable and exciting marathons I've ever run because, you know, we had spectators in the stands watching the whole way. So what marathon could you ever watch where you can see someone who you're trying to follow the entire way? And those of us running could, could watch the race ourselves. We saw where the leaders were at all times. We saw where the people behind us were at all times and and just thinking about where we were running in that venue that storied iconic you know ballpark in america so yeah it was it was no pun intended a home run for sure and now we've been contacted by other major league baseball teams and owners saying that they heard about this and they want to replicate it and do a marathon inside their ballpark too so it's i'm starting to put together the concept of possibly a national series of races of marathons held within Major League Baseball parks uh, across America next starting next year. Are you beginning it in 2018? Yeah, that would be the hope to at least maybe add three or four or five more and then who knows if we could ever get all 30 of them to do it and then have a you know a, a championship race a world series if you will marathon at the world series in October you know whichever park one of the two parks that get into the world series maybe we can have a runoff world series marathon right there so you know a lot of exciting things running my mind here. Oh yeah, an interesting concept, absolutely. Uh, race director uh, of Boston Marathon. What what's your favorite race direct race uh, race director memories from the from the from Boston? Well, you know, for me, the first one is certainly my first one. I was hired because the year before I started, uh, there was an incident where the wheelchairs had an accident and there were some problems at the start. And they said, hey, we need to bring someone in to kind of take an extra look and maybe help fix these issues. And so I came in and and helped do that, and you know, have remained ever since. And then certainly the historic 1996 running of the Boston Marathon, where the year before we went from 9,000 total runners to almost 40,000 at the 100th, and pulling that one off was, uh, you know, was a highlight of my career in working with the uh, with the Boston Marathon. And then the most epic of all was um, the year after the bombing, where we came back in in 2014 and increased the field size from, you know. 27,000 to 36,000 and, and obviously a heightened level of security at that year's uh, 
paying tribute to the victims of the bombing. And it was just uh, what I call an epic event all around the board. And then seeing a runner like Med Kofleski, the first American male to win in a long, long time to to just cap it off. So it was, I guess you would have to say that that, that year, 2014, was, was certainly the highlight of, of my involvement in the Boston Marathon. And uh, just finally today, you know, since you just mentioned 2013, obviously the um, the year of the bombing. You know, I just wanted to get your opinion uh, of the movies, The Patriots Staying Stronger. And do you think they have you seen them? Do you think they uh, reflect the accurate portrayals of the events and people on those day on that day? And um, do you think they've been, you know, you know, how, how do you? What's your opinion of them? Well, yes, of course. You know, I, I think we all knew that someday there would be movies made on on the and it's always tough to get it 100 percent perfect. You know, not everyone was every place at all times. So, you know, they, they are Hollywood movies. So I think that in certain regards, there might be a little bit of embellishment. But I also think that generally speaking, they, they told the story. They, they did it with respect and of, of those who were profoundly impacted. I think it gives people a, a glimpse into, you know, not as much the intent of, of, you know, looking back at the actual tragedy as much as the recovery and those heroes that sacrificed their life to help the victims on that day, the first responders and the volunteers who were right there right at the time and, you know, rushed towards the bombs to help save so many lives. So, yeah, that, you know, I, I, and I think that the Monica Boston Strong sort of sets it all. I, I think people realize that, you know, good will overcome evil anytime and that we have to never forget the past, never forget the victims, but move forward and, and be resilient and, and not lose our aspect of freedom and, and what we stand for and try to bring that atmosphere of fun, family and friendly back to the Boston Marathon. And I think that's what 2014 accomplished. Follow up question. Do you think that uh, the 2013 Boston Marathon events of that day has forever changed security at, at, at big race events, given your history as a race director? Well, I, was, I, I wish it wasn't the case, but it certainly is the case. Just just being in New York yesterday, I mean, there were police officers. It seemed like every 100 yards as I was running, officer, 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 officer. I mean, there were thousands of police officers out there. Every intersection had a DPW, you know, truck, you know, across the intersection to prevent vehicles from getting onto the course. I mean, certainly it's a whole new normal now you know public safety doing everything they possibly can within their means to to secure the venue to protect the runners to protect the spectators to protect the volunteers it's a massive massive undertaking now especially in those bigger races in the in these you know high density metropolitan locations like a boston or chicago or, or in new york so you know whereas we just used to focus on putting on a road race not just a road race anymore so we work with our law enforcement partners. They do a, a tremendous job. We let them obviously take the lead on all of that. We try to stay focused on what we need to do to put on a quality event while working side by side with them and providing them, you know, whatever they need to, to do to make the race safe for everyone. So has it has it changed? Yes, it has. But I, I still think that people come to the races knowing that it's going to be a safe environment and that, that they're going to, you know, have just as much, if not more, of an enjoy, enjoyable experience running in the marathon as they ever have. Well, great, Dave. Thank you for your insights today, Mr. McGilvery. Uh, you've been listening to Inside the Lab from Formula 4 Media. This is Bob McGee.